24 hours removed from the Cardinals moving to 5-0, and still the only undefeated team in the NFL. What, what did we take away from the 17-10 win over the San Francisco 49ers? What are the injury concerns going to be moving forward? And do the Cardinals need to trade for a tight end? Alex Lancey, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. Let's roll. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Alex Clancy, Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked On Cardinals, Bo. That is a monster mic. Look at you. Oh, man. I mean, yours I mean, looks big on camera, too. I mean, let's just pivot away from that. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, follow him at Bob Brock, follow me at Clancy's Corner, follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We see your comments in YouTube, in, in the YouTube videos. We do live reads and there are commercials, so there's no paywall. We re- we appreciate everybody that you know that lasts through them and they're only a couple minutes at a time. We love our sponsors here. So uh, it's a small price to pay for not having to pay a small price to listen to Locked On Cardinals or any of the Locked On Podcast Network platforms. Got a lot to talk about today. Tuesday again is our take a deep breath. Let's kind of look at what we saw on Sunday with clearer eyes and not just throwing, vomiting up you know, everything that we we took away from a game that we just watched. There were some injuries. The tight end position is going to be something that needs to be filled with Max Williams's injury. But let's get to this first. The Cardinals scored more points than the 49ers, which, which is really the ultimate goal. I'm just doing this to troll you at this point. You have to give the offense some credit here. The obvious game plan, at least from my stance, was the defense needs to win this game for the 49ers. You've got a young quarterback, a guy that probably isn't ready for the role that he's thrown into, and the game plan was what can we do to keep the Cardinals' offense guessing? And the majority of the time they did. But there were some peaks on the offensive side of the ball that have to be lauded at this point. You know, one is James Conner's ability to find the end zone. You know, it seems like such a weird thing where it's like, you know, he can run two yards across that line. That's good. But what we saw last year from Kenyon Drake was it's not always that easy. And obviously the offensive line uptick has helped with that. Rondell Moore with his sick sideline uh, side catch shows that he's special. He's ready for the NFL stage. And obviously the DeAndre Hopkins catch the touchdown to clinch the game. Those are the three from me that it was like, there are some positive things to take away, even though the Cardinals scored half of what they had through four weeks per game. But what do, what do you think? Is there anything else that, that stuck out? Well, yeah, I think that uh, there was a listener on our YouTube channel, or you were on our YouTube channel, that said, are we not going to give credit to the 49ers defense? And absolutely you should. I mean, this was a defense that came in and slowed down the hottest offense in the NFL to that, uh, to that game, to week five. But I thought it was very important. You know, as we pointed out, it was the first time under the Cliff Kingsbury era that the Arizona Cardinals had won a game where they hadn't scored more than 20 points. They were 0-8 at that point, and they get the W. Not only was it important for Cliff Kingsbury, it was important for Kyler Murray because you bring up the DeAndre Hopkins touchdown drive. And for him in this offense that was stagnant since the first drive that was set up by the Buda Baker interception, for them to go and get points. 
and have a successful drive and do what we'd seen four games previous to that. You know, I thought that was important for them to kind of pick up where they had kind of slacked all game long. That was that was, that showed resilience. That showed metal. That showed that this team wasn't going to be. It might have been down, but it wasn't out for that contest. And they got a very important touchdown drive that you leaned on your stars for. And that's why they're there. That's why Kyler Murray is going to make $40 million a year. And that's why DeAndre Hopkins makes the money he makes. Yeah. And I mean, and people thought that the the throw across the, the field was an underthrow because Kyler Murray is injured. He just, he didn't want to throw it out of bounds. So what you do is with arguably the best receiver in the game is you throw the ball up in the air and you have him go get it. Cause you're right. You play the hits when you need first downs, when you need points and the Cardinals haven't needed it this year. I mean, Minnesota was a weird game because they were down and they were up at halftime. And then it was, you know, back and forth. The defense didn't play great that game for the majority of the game. When you need a score, they went to DeAndre Hopkins twice. It was a perfect throw over the outstretched arm of the, of the corner in the end zone to score the Josh touchdown. Norman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't want to say, I know he used to be one of your boys and you know, he's not, not anymore. So I didn't really want to say it by name, but Max Garcia, played fantastically after Rodney Hudson went out. You know, he's a former fourth-round pick. He's not going to be the all-pro guy, but if Rodney needs to miss some time, we've seen that guys can fill in on the offensive line. Look at what happened with Josh Jones. When Justin Murray got hurt, he came in. He was ranked very highly. Like, all in all, this offense, it wasn't humming points per, you know, for the total points scored. They did look underwhelming for a good portion of this game, that's a really good defense. That's the first really good defense the Cardinals have played. The The Rams defense isn't, it's not what it was last year. It's not by, by any stretch what it was last year. Super top heavy, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. So this was the first real offensive test and you win. Nobody's going to remember this game. When you look at the final win-loss record, you just saw a W at home against an interdivision rival, bumping them up to 2-0 and in division through two weeks, which is exactly where they were last year before they lost four in a row. And everything is fantastic here in Phoenix when it comes to the team. It is. I mean, well, I mean, it, you can't pick a better start. The fact that they, no, let, they score 70 points a game, you know, I mean, you can't pick a better start than perfect. Right. No, I mean, five and oh, and as you mentioned, the division, that's that's so key as far as what the expectations were for the NFC West. And, you know, the only thing you can you can look at is uh, my motion sensor lights turn off here in the damn studio. I'll get those back on. There they are. Uh, the uh, we It's the injuries. I mean, that's the only thing that's going to derail this team is the injuries. And uh, now, you know, there is a blueprint, though, out there about this this offense. You know what? What's it's Cliff Kingsbury's time now. And, and Kyler Murray to get in the film room and look at where they were, where the opponent uh, matched them and were able to slow them down. And they were able to take Kyler Murray's legs out of this contest. Kyler Murray, he had one yard rushing. Has he ever had that, you know, that, that, that least amount of rushing yards in a game before one. Um, but they've got to look at how they're going to adjust. Now this is the chess game. And Kyler Murray, you know, it's it's everybody knows he loves the game of chess, so it's his it's his move. What's the offense going to do? They're going to go up against the defensive unit in the Cleveland Browns that are going to try to get after the quarterback. And you know, we'll see what Cliff Kingsbury what's what what he's got going come Sunday in Week Six as they aim for six and zero, which is incredible. 
This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. You mentioned Cleveland. You mentioned injuries. What we saw from Cleveland this past Sunday against the Ram against the Chargers is their defense can be had for a 47-burger when their offense puts up 42 points. You don't know what Cleveland Browns team you're going to get, but what you do know is you mentioned their pass rush is fierce. Their pass rush is fierce with Miles Garrett leading the way. What will the injuries that the Cardinals have sustained two weeks ago and this past Sunday mean coming up on Sunday with the you know, uh, the little amount of knowledge that we have as we're recording this podcast up to this point this week. Alex Lanzi, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals will be right back. But first, Bo, betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the best place for you to put your shekels down on football. They've got a new interface. Everything is streamlined. Streamlined is a beautiful word to use when you're talking about websites, regardless of if it's, you know, betonline.ag or somewhere else. The Arizona Cardinals travel to Cleveland. They play in the afternoon slate, which is a weird little wrinkle because normally, you know, you go to the Midwest, you go to the East Coast, it's a morning game. It's probably going to be one of the games of the week in the afternoon. And the Cardinals are open right now as two and a half point dogs on the road against Cleveland. This this number is going to move a million times between now and kickoff on Sunday. But when everything moves, betonline.com. Has you covered. They're the number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Go to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on. Again, go to the website or use your mobile device today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Second segment. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. The Cardinals are 5-0. and Bo, did you know that? Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals. Again, your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Go to our YouTube channel. Subscribe, like, comment, uh, whatever. I mean, this is like, it's crazy what's going on this year. It's just like we're, we're texting each other constantly. Like, first of all, we deserve this. This is something that this is the Locked on Cardinals thing. Media members in Arizona deserve this too. Yeah. Okay. We deserve it too. I don't like being negative. Three and 13 to five and oh, the Cardinals already have two more wins than they did in all of the 2018 season. They have tied the amount of wins in Kyler Murray's rookie year and they're 60 whatever percent away from eclipsing their 2020 record. Um, Bo, injuries have, this is the time of year where it just starts, you know, because this game is absolutely effing brutal on right. you know the body and everything and byron murphy was out marco wilson was out last week you know we're still it's still tbd on if they're going to play on sunday you'd think they would because neither of those injuries are seen to be serious max williams had the negative ooh ah from the uh from the people at the stadium stayed for him stadium on sunday when they saw the replay with his knee slash ankle um he's expected to miss an extended period of time according to Ian Rappaport and other outlets and ronnie hudson it's kind of up in the air. It was a rib injury, but Kyler said after the game that he talked to him and he was fine. He's going to be fine. What is the biggest impact injury-wise moving forward? If somebody were to miss more time, like say say Byron Murphy or Rodney yeah. Hudson going into Sunday, if you had to pick one, and we're talking about these people as entities, not human. I mean, you know, like we're talking about Byron Murphy or Rodney Hudson. Yeah. Which one would the Cardinals need more? 
going into the Rodney game. Hudson. Rodney Hudson. I, I don't, and, and that's not an indictment on Byron Murphy. We've seen this defense without him in this, in this defensive secondary in the pass rush. It, it continues to cause problems and quarterbacks to miss their spots. Now, not every quarterback's going to be as inaccurate as a rookie single caller like Trey Lance was. Uh, but, you know, Rodney Hudson is just, he's the guy. He's the one that's going to make this offense continue to move like it has, like it had through four games where they were leading the NFL in points per game and total yards per game. And I think that Rodney Hudson, you don't want to see him miss an extended period of time because he is just kind of that settling voice in the huddle. He's the guy that's going to keep Kyler Murray, you know, ungrounded in making the plays that we've been seeing from Kyler Murray through five games. I, I think that it's it's got to be Rodney Hudson. He's He's been the, the most key acquisition for this organization from the offseason. And, uh, I, yeah, I just don't want to see this team go forward without Rodney Hudson in the lineup much more. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously picking again, picking one evil against the other. I mean, you're, if you miss both guys, um, obviously you want them both to play. Against this specific team, you could make an argument for both. Byron Murphy, like that offense is potent. Now, a lot of it's to the run game, so you might be able to, you know, alleviate uh, having Rodney uh, having Byron Murphy there because OBJ is not what he once was. I think Jalen uh, or uh, Jarvis Landry's on IR. I think he's missed an extended period of time, so they're rolling with Rashad Higgins and Peoples Jones. Um, and I mean, Baker Mayfield threw for three hundred yards in the last game. That's yeah. all you have to know. He's still yeah. he's still finding open receivers. He's playing at a pretty high level. He's picking up where he left off last year, if not taking a step forward. You know, the passing attack is is key. But you know, you got to be concerned because this is a team. It's going to be the best rushing attack. Well, for sure. You know, it's probably a better rushing attack at this point right now, even more so than facing King King Henry in in week. For one. sure. Well, because it's two of them. Kareem yeah. Hunt is an RB one somewhere else. It blows my mind that he didn't go somewhere else. Like after all the stuff that happened with the video, but that's what we're talking about here. Rodney Hudson, you're right. Cause you have to, you have to protect the prize. You got to protect the King and you got to protect Kyler Murray. Like as, as well as Max Garcia played, you want Rodney Hudson there. And you just kind of hope you can outscore Cleveland because this game is going to be a lot higher scoring than what we saw at State Farm Stadium on Sunday. Uh, you hope that everybody's back. And by all accounts, Byron Murphy is set to be back. And it's, isn't it wild that he's a CB1? Like how it, it, far it we've come. Quickly. Yeah, it happened quickly. I mean, that that became uh we got real comfortable already with number seven being the guy that is the main cog in that defensive secondary as far as covering opposing wide receivers. And he he did it like right out of the gates. He did it right out of the gates. I think first play, you know, first series against the Tennessee Titans, he's batting balls down. Yep. And you're just like, okay, this is a different guy. This is a guy that we slept on for the most part this offseason, and he just kind of changed what we thought of him immediately. And, and now it's just like, yeah, he's part of that group where he is in the same conversation of who could you stand to or not stand to lose going forward and, and missing him against the rookie quarterback is one thing, but then yeah. going up against, you know, Baker Mayfield, you know, coming up soon, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Like that's when it gets really tough without your CB one. So Byron Murphy, hopefully those ribs healing up nicely with a week off. It's kind of the same arc as Buda Baker. You know, it's it like Buda, yeah. Buda popped earlier. He popped in his second year, and Byron Murphy kind of did. I mean, he took he took steps forward his third year, but 
or his second. How many years has he been in the league? This is his third year, right? Third year. Yeah. Yep. So he took he he showed flashes last year. One, the Dallas game was the big one where it's like, oh, this dude is now making kind of a name for himself in the secondary is the CB two. But Buda Baker was just, I mean, he's been a missile forever. But people didn't know who he was yeah. uh, outside of Arizona until midway through his second season. And then, you know, we're starting to see that arc, which is fine. Robert Alfred's played fine. You know, the problem that I can't stop thinking about, though, and we won't get into this because there's going to be plenty of time this offseason coming up, Vance Joseph's going to get head coaching offers. And that's going to be a problem for this defense because Vance Joseph has been the coach of the year. Like, say, like, Cliff's been fantastic, okay? He's been fantastic. What Vance Joseph has done over the last 19 games or 21 games over last year and this year has been wizardry. Losing Chandler Jones, your defense gets better. Not having a great cornerback one coming into the league, coming into this year, linebackers are children compared to the rest of the NFL, especially the NFC West. Like, what he's done is incredible. And luckily, he was so bad in Denver because they had no quarterback that he hasn't gotten looks already. But he's going to be a buzz this offseason. And hopefully the Cardinals can, like, can you pay him like a head coach to keep him? I mean, why not? There's no cap. I mean, right. if you don't, if you don't, I mean, but it's going to be up. Op- the opportunity is going to be something that Vance it's Joseph, be there for he's, sure. he's not going to want to pass up, but you know, it, it is interesting because you and I kept saying down during the 2018 season is the defense wasn't that bad. It was the offense, right. which was just anemic. Right. And it, and it put extra pressure on that, on that defense. And then, so VJ comes in in 2019 and I don't think that was the case. The, the, the defense lost a step, you know, the, the defense that he inherited in his first season was bad, it, like personnel-wise. And it's been slowly getting back. And Vance Joseph has been acclimating back to his D.C. position after the head coaching stop in Denver. And I think he's he finally hit his stride last year. Like he had his pers- the personnel that he wanted. He had the guys that could get after the quarterback and he could you know produce all these exotic blitzes and all that. And and now it's just kind of he's got his players just like Cliff Kingsbury has his players on the offensive side of the football. You know, I think Vance Joseph is he's got his pieces in place and he he's just able to do what he wants to do. And we've seen it. I mean, if you look at the last month, the Arizona Cardinals de- like defense in December of 2020, it was very good. It only gave up, I think it was giving up under 20 points per game. And then this season, 18 points per game which is more than enough with this offense producing like it has outside of the game against the San Francisco. But without Vance Joseph's defense, you you don't win games like that. For the first time in his career, Cliff Kingsbury has somebody that can coach defense. He never had it at Texas Tech. That's right. why he, he was out of his alma mater so quickly. So, yeah, I mean, he's got he's to gotta make sure that if it's not Vance Joseph, that he gets somebody else in here uh, if VJ if does become kind of a hot commodity in the offseason. Well, I mean, it's interesting. And again, him being so bad, like people just forgetting that they had one of the worst quarterback runs probably in NFL history, especially for a winning franchise. I mean, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, I think Brock Osweiler was there, but I'm not sure at that point. He would have been an upgrade from what they had. Like they had I no mean, quarterback help. It was going to be Brock, but. Uh, oh, that's right. He, Houston paid he him bounced. $700 million. Uh, Alex Lancey Bobrock locked on Cardinals. The Cardinals need an upgrade in one specific position on the offense. We'll talk about that next here. Follow him at Bob Rack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Rock Auto, rockauto.com. Um, since the last time we talked, I still don't know Jack about cars, and rockauto.com has me covered. I don't have to go to a chain storefront. Hello, sir. Hello, ma'am. 
um, help me. I don't need that because I just go to rockauto.com and I type in what I need in the search box and I, you know, do my make and model thing. And then I say, Hey, send me the stuff. And they send me the stuff. And then it's at my front door. That's why rockauto.com is amazing. Uh, their prices are reliably low. You don't get upcharged like you would at a chain storefront or if you're a manufacturer. It's a family-owned business. You got to trust family, right? Uh, they've been online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com. Again, their prices are reliably low, right? Locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right. Let's wrap this baby up on a Tuesday edition of Locked On Cardinals. That Vance Joseph conversation is fascinating. Like we didn't we didn't talk about that before the show started. Like that is that's a fascinating thing that obviously this is where good teams have this is what good people that cover good teams conversation this is the conversations they have. Cuz it's not about, oh, you know, you really need to improve the pass rush, you really need to improve the run game. The Cardinals can improve across the board. Like there's nothing that's perfect, but it's nice to be able to have other conversations instead of record and teams coming up and how many games they have to win to make the playoffs. Cause there's some bonkers that it's over 70% of teams that start five and zero make the playoffs, especially with the landscape of the NFC right now. There's so many S box teams, right? I mean, the two wins or less it's it's, I mean, it, it's a, it's a wasteland for talent. It seems. So the Cardinals are in a good spot there, but with Max Williams going out seemingly for an extended period of time, according to Ian Rappaport and other outlets, they need a facelift at tight end. You know, you need a facelift at tight end. And the tight end market has really shrunk to the one percenters and everybody else. You know, I think Mark Andrews got paid. Hayden Hurst got paid. And you said uh, in yesterday's podcast that Hayden Hurst was traded for a second and a fifth Right, and then Baltimore, Baltimore traded a a fourth round pick with Hayden Hurst to even it yeah. out to Atlanta. You're not given a second round pick or a third round pick for a tight end because any of them that are to be had for that price either aren't getting paid or or, or either the Cardinals aren't going to pay or already too expensive. So if you're looking at a fifth round pick for a tight end, which is really the sweet spot, are you looking at Zach Ertz? Is obviously the big name, like. Who else? Who else, like? I was looking at Indi- Indianapolis, who played tonight or who played yeah. last night. They've got forty six tight ends. You know, yeah, Trey Burton's still out there. Like, I you look, could trade Mo Alley Cox. That's who I like the best. Round pick. Yeah, I mean, Mo Jack Alley Doyle Cox was the guy. Is on a one year deal. He's good. He's a good run blocker. I think I saw he was like seventy nine percent of his blocks were were solid. They, they were in like the positive percentile. And also, he's he's a big guy. He's a former basketball player at VCU. He's big. He's athletic. You know, he's not too young. And if the Colts are out of it, why wouldn't they want to flip it for draft capital? I I, I think that that would be a, an intriguing name to look at uh, going forward. Between you know, what is the the trade deadlines in, in less than a month now? Uh, I think that Mo Ali Cox absolutely would be somebody. I think that there's it shouldn't be out of the question for for somebody like Dan Arnold. To, to kick the tires on that. Could he get traded for a second time? I don't know. Maybe Jacksonville wanted to bring in Dan Arnold in that trade. So is he going to be available? But you just start, I mean, I think New York, the Giants, could be another team that you could look at some of those tight ends. Uh, Kyle you know, Rudolph. Kyle, yeah, Kyle Rudolph. But it's going to be tough to to replace the blocking part that Max Williams did. I think it actually, 
is going to be easier to find the playmaking that Max Williams was producing. And he was taking a, a giant step forward. But, you know, as far as what he was able to do uh, in the run game and just blocking, uh, it's going to be tough to replace for the Arizona Cardinals because it's Demetrius Harris who's, who got most of the snaps after Williams went out. He's not your he, – he's a former basketball player um, that's trying to probably get better at the blocking part. Ross Travis is more of a playmaking guy. Yeah. Darrell Daniels is, is probably your best option to kind of get that blocking back into your offense. And he was on the COVID list last time I checked. Yeah. I mean, and then you could look at, you could look close to home because there's going to be blood in the water for every Seattle Seahawks player coming up soon because with, with Russell Wilson. So say he's out for six weeks and there was already rumblings about like, that could be a complete explosion coming up in the next six months or a year. So they have, 48 tight ends, always. Gerald Everett, Will Disley, et cetera. And you know that if they, like, they love pass catching tight ends there. They traded away their, you know, generational center, Max Unger, for Jimmy Graham years ago. And Jimmy Graham can't block better than Bo. So, like, th there are tight ends to be had for a fifth or sixth round pick just to make it even so you take that player off their roster. So it, it doesn't have to be a sexy name. It has to be a name where you can run a seam route, 15 yards, turn around and catch the ball. And can we just, let's just rip the bandaid off. Larry Fitzgerald ain't coming back. <laughs> can we just not? Can we just not? Can we just not? Let's just I mean, not. The only time that's gonna he's going to come back is if A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, one of the wide receivers goes down. It's not going to be the tight end. He's not going to learn. He's not going to put himself in the trenches. Not, I know he's a good blocking wide receiver, but there's a difference. You're going up against like linebackers, and you're going up against defensive ends if you play tight end. You're not going right. up against other wide receivers or corners, I should say. You're not going up against cornerbacks. You're going up against big boys. Larry Fitzgerald is not going to come off the golf course. He's not going to get out of his cush radio job with Jim Gray to go take on a guy who's 290 pounds. It's just not <laughs> happening. And, and let's be real he'd be an afterthought in this offense. But I mean, if, if you put him in the same situation, he's more athletic than Max Williams. He, I mean, if yeah. Max Williams was just the forgotten man because they, the defense had to worry about five other guys. I mean, they had to worry about Chase Edmonds and Deandre Hopkins and uh, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore and AJ green. And then there was Max Williams. I mean, it's just that if, if he's put in that situation, he, he's probably going to put up, you know, same if not better numbers, but you're going to see a big drop off. He's he's a good blocking wide receiver. He's not a good blocking tight end. And, and yeah, what are you going to do? Is he going to go? Is he just going to carb load for two straight <laughs> weeks and then get in there? I mean, it's not going to. That sounds work. amazing. I could do that. <laughs> yeah, Shit, I, hell, I could play tight end. He needs to. He needs to go to steak forty four and eat like oh. every meal. Extra butter. Extra butter. Yeah, I mean. And it's, it's interesting because this is, again, this is not where you thought the Cardinals were going to be through five weeks. I mean, I think it's possible, obviously, because they play five games. They, a team's got to win or lose. But of all of the players in the history of sports who could come back for the last three games and still deserve the ring, he can do whatever he wants. If you want him to cut, like if he wants to come back in week 12 or after the bye week for the last five or six weeks, comes back healthy, you know, and just because he'd be a quote afterthought of this offense doesn't mean he couldn't, you know, keep a linebacker honest to spring AJ Green or Christian Kirk or Rondo Moore. You know, like I don't think we've seen the last of Larry Fitzgerald. 
I just don't know when it's going to happen. If they make a playoff run, why the hell would he stay on the sidelines? This is what he's been waiting for his whole career. This is the best offensive roster they've ever had. Now, Anquan Bolden, at the time, you could rival him, even though he was very underrated, you could rival him with DeAndre Hopkins almost. And Larry Fitzgerald was a DeAndre Hopkins then. So that one-two punch, maybe top-heavy-wise offensively from the wide receiver position with Stevie Breston playing backup dancer, but this offense is the best offense they've ever had. On paper? Yeah, I mean, because Kyler and what right. he can do. Sure. Yeah. Well, natural, of course. Um, do you think he comes yeah. back? Through five weeks, they're 5-0. and oh. Say they start 6-1, uh, and one and they're flying know. high. You think that's it? Uh, nah, I think this is like what he, he pretty much told us. I mean, looking at by not saying he's, Jack, by him saying, "Hey, uh, there's not going to be a podium. I'm just going to quietly just, just, uh, just disappear." And that's what he did. I don't think he wants to come back and and then take on all the media questions and why'd you come back and what's your role going to be and and potentially become a distraction. Like that's the opposite of what he wants. He wants to be. He want. He likes this quiet life. He likes to, uh, you know, probably. Go and count his money and, and continue to make savvy business moves. I just don't think he, you know, he didn't have the urge back then. Now, I mean, we saw him tweet. I saw him tweet. He tweeted at Buda Baker mm -hmm. after the win. It was calling Buda Baker the best in the game at the safety position. But, you know, maybe he's getting that itch a little bit. But, you know, what goes into that? I just think that if, if Larry Fitzgerald comes back, it's going to be things have gone seriously wrong. <laughs> I just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, at the wide receiver, they'd have to be seriously thin at the wide receiver yeah. position for him to get back in there and, and have the opportunity to continue his catch streak to get paid what he needs to get paid. Wouldn't it be desperate times? I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I still think it's selfish he hasn't said anything yet because he owes the fan base that. Um, and that's not a direct attack. Like, that's just he's he's a very he's an incredibly smart person. He is one of the better business people, the people that while playing the game. He was already, you know, he was doing his thing. We know that. Um, this was a bad business move on his part by not saying anything. You can walk off into the sunset. You know what? No press conference. Steve, tell Ian Rappaport that I'm done. That's it. That's it. And you know what? That's not, we don't have to talk about that. That's a fun debate to have on a random Tuesday when the Cardinals are 12-0. and We'll have that debate if the Cardinals get to 12-0. and Okay? Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. Thank you to everybody who listens. Follow him at Bob Rack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Please go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're just happy you're along the ride, along with us for the ride. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. Third and fourth listen. Bo on Mondays, Locked on NFL. Me on Thursdays with Tyler Rowland from Locked on Titans, Locked on NFL. We're the only hosts that do this as well as host the national Locked on NFL show. We've got 40% of that, baby. Just this as much as we can get. So stop giving me crap. Alex Nancy, Bo Rock, Locked on Cardinals. We'll talk to you tomorrow.